This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. Here's Bill Klaproth. So you may have heard the term, know your numbers. Well, one of those important numbers is your blood pressure. And when it gets really high, you're said to have hypertension. So what are the risks of hypertension? Let's find out with Dr. Nadim Garaya, a family practice physician with Dignity Health. Dr. Garaya, thanks for your time. So let's start with this. What is hypertension? So hypertension is really, uh, by most guidelines, a blood pressure reading of uh, greater than or equal to uh, 140, which is the top number over 90, the bottom number. Uh, The top number is your systolic blood pressure and the bottom number is your diastolic blood pressure. And we really don't diagnose it unless we have greater than uh, two blood pressure readings consistent with an elevated blood pressure reading. So for instance, if somebody comes into our clinic and it's an isolated event and I look at the records and they're usually well controlled, I don't necessarily diagnose them with hypertension. Other things could be at play during that visit that might have caused their blood pressure to go up, a recent stressor, or they might have been running late to the appointment and they're, and, uh, they're huffing and puffing on their way in. So uh, we don't always diagnose just based on one reading. We have to get consistency in that, and that's when we officially diagnose them. Well, that makes sense, and it's good to know that you establish consistency before treating. I know I'll go in for a yearly physical, and it'll be one number, and say I go in three months later, if I have a cold or something, and it's a higher number, so it's good to understand how you do that before treating. So, Dr. Garaya, what factors put someone at risk for hypertension? So, uh, the most common diagnosis of hypertension, uh, there are multiple different types, but the most common for the general public is called primary essential hypertension. And what puts somebody at risk, unfortunately, are obesity, which is a big uh, risk factor in our current population in the American culture. We have a lot of individuals uh, with obesity and it's a growing epidemic. And that's one of the leading causes. And unfortunately, just age. So as you age, um, your arteries sometimes harden over time. And we uh, notice that the blood pressure goes up accordingly. Family history can play a role as well as race. We note that in African-American uh, individuals, we have a higher incidence of hypertension. Um, individuals with uh, high sodium in their diet, high alcohol intake, and low physical activity, which then brings back to the obesity issue and, and diet issue, where um, those kind of are all key factors that are driving people to get hypertension. Um, as far as secondary and other contributing causes that I also encourage everybody to look out for are, for instance, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Um, those would be drugs like Motrin, Advil, ibuprofen is the core component of those drugs that is known to sometimes cause increased high blood pressure. In addition, oral contraceptive pills uh, are known to increase uh, blood pressure. Decongestants um, that you take for a cold can sometimes increase your blood pressure. And obstructive sleep apnea, that's also seen a lot in obesity that can drive hypertension. And um, stimulants, uh, illicit drugs such as cocaine, amphetamine, obviously are are very um, detrimental uh, 
in many regards, the blood pressure is one of the issues that is affected there. Hmm. I never knew that about Motrin and Advil and ibuprofen. Very interesting. So, Dr. Garaya, why does a patient with hypertension need to control their blood pressure, and what are the consequences of neglecting high blood pressure? The importance of controlling your blood pressure are very important. Uh, you know, blood flow that goes to all your vital organs is, is affected in some way. So, if your blood pressure is not controlled, your incidence of coronary artery disease or heart attack go up because the high pressure kind of puts a strain on the vessel walls in the heart and really everywhere in the body. But if we focus on the heart, it, it kind of increases the chances of plaque buildup and plaque rupture, causing a heart attack, uh, which is dangerous. In addition, by the same mechanism, a stroke can also um, be more uh, higher incidence in these patients who have uncontrolled blood pressure, as well as ruptured aneurysms. So if somebody is known to have an aneurysm, sometimes they run in families. We all hear about like aneurysms in people's brains, such as berry aneurysms and other uh, aneurysms in other parts of the body. Um, it's very vital. A vital component of treating those diseases is to control the blood pressure. In addition, the kidneys uh, are affected, which can lead to renal disease and dialysis we often hear of. Those patients get worse with time with poorly controlled blood pressure. And just vision in general, uh, we have something called hypertensive retinopathy, that if somebody doesn't control their blood pressure adequately, their vision will get affected. So all real vital components of the body are affected in some way. So if we're trying to decrease our risk for a heart attack or stroke or renal disease or vision problems, make sure you pay attention to your blood pressure. So Dr. Goraya, how do doctors treat hypertension? And then what can someone do on their own to lower blood pressure? The first thing Thing that we always try to emphasize with patients before we go to medications is weight loss. Um, that's the most important thing. Often, if you lose 10 pounds, we can sometimes lose 10 points on the systolic blood pressure. Um, you know, exercise. If somebody exercises 30 minutes a day or one hour every other day, they can lower their blood pressure that way. Um, low sodium diet to less than two grams per day, um, and also decreasing alcohol intake and also stop smoking. So some of these are very controllable aspects, and that's the, the good thing that these things are under your control as an individual. Sometimes, for instance, you know, I, when I mentioned risk factors, age, family history, you don't really have too much control over. But as far as uh, these, what we call modifiable risk factors, such as uh, sodium, alcohol, and smoking, those are very much controlled by the individual. So albeit difficult at times, especially with smoking, it's very important for the patient to realize uh, the importance of stopping and how that could prevent uh, worsening disease in other places. But um, if, if we go away from those modifiable ones, and let's say we've already tried all that, we usually go to medications and we have a various degree of different type of medications uh, they work in different parts of the body to, to lower the blood pressure. We try to lower the blood volume, which lowers blood pressure. We try to give medications that will relax the arteries to make them wider and as such drop the blood pressure. Uh, there's various mechanisms that they work by, but the end goal is to try to lower them. And usually uh, we can effectively lower them with blood pressure medications. That's really interesting. So how do you monitor hypertension? Say someone 
tries to, you know, change the modifiable risk factors, as you said. They try to lose weight, they exercise, they go on the low-sodium diet, decrease their alcohol, stop smoking, or someone is on medications. How do you monitor that person? So what I like to tell patients to do is to buy a blood pressure machine and keep a home blood pressure log. So at the minimum, checking uh, once to twice a day, maybe once when they wake up and once in the evening before they go to sleep and kind of seeing where they land. And, you know, as far as a physician goes, we monitor it in the clinic, and this is kind of a vital component for physician, patients to understand is that when they're on a lot of those medications for high blood pressure, we have to monitor electrolytes such as sodium, potassium, magnesium, and the creatinine, uh, which tells us how the kidney is doing because some of these medications can act on the kidney in good and bad ways. So we have to monitor ever so often. So oftentimes when we start a new medication, we have the patient follow up pretty frequently. And then as time goes on, we spread out the appointments in order if we realize that, okay, this patient's tolerating this medication for a solid year with no problems on their electrolytes or those labs that we discussed. So, yeah, we can push out those appointments every year even more if the patient's been stable on that medication for quite a while. But it's very important, especially up front, for us to be monitoring those electrolytes. So as far as the blood pressure machine goes, I don't want to scare anybody off. You know, oh, yeah, I'm going to go get a blood pressure machine. No, you can readily find these on Amazon and other places. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. Yes, indeed. So actually, in Amazon, any local drugstore, grocery store, a lot of places carry them. So they usually go for like 20 to $40, depending on the type you get, but very accessible. And they're usually automated. So you don't really require another person to be there. You can do it yourself. Yeah, I think that's really a good idea. If you're worried about your blood pressure, get a monitor and understand where it's at. I think that's very helpful. So what are the side effects then of medications needed to treat hypertension? So one common side effect that we see a lot is uh, dizziness. And that especially is seen in a lot of our medications that are called beta blockers because they're effective in lowering the heart rate, which helps in lowering the blood pressure. But at the same time, uh, patients sometimes can uh, complain of dizziness, even sometimes fainting. So you have to really follow up closely on those side effects and uh, inform your physician because if these are happening, we can easily change it to another medication which may not have those side effects. The other one is dehydration. So especially in the class of uh, antihypertensive drugs called diuretics, the fact that we decrease your blood volume by helping you urinate a lot of your volume out uh, often leads to low blood volume, which can then lead to dehydration, which is dangerous. So um, we monitor for that with our lab tests, but if you have symptoms that are pretty uh, overt and frank, we need to you need to notify your physician so that they can adjust the medications accordingly. So just to wrap up here, Dr. Garaya, we're shooting for under 140 over 90. So if someone buys a blood pressure machine, but it's always in the 130s, Mm, that's probably a trip to the doctor too. Is that right? Yes. And it's also important to note that if a patient has a, another uh, disease process, such as diabetes, chronic kidney disease, history of a heart attack or stroke, sometimes we shoot for lower than that even. But as a general rule for the you know lay public to know, uh, less than 140 over 90 is the best goal to, to keep at the very minimum. And in some cases, we shoot for even lower than that. Know your numbers so important. Thank you, Dr. Garaya. For more information about hypertension or to get hooked up with one of our providers, please visit dignityhealth.org slash Bakersfield. 
That's DignityHealth.org slash Bakersfield. And if you like what you've heard, please share it on your social channels. That would do our blood pressure some good. And be sure to check out our full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.